millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is an RNZ podcast. Kia ora and welcome to Elemental from RNZ. We're celebrating the International Year of the Periodic Table with an alphabetical meander through the chemical elements. I'm Alan Blackman from the Auckland University of Technology. And I'm Alison Balance. And in episode 74, we are going to the moon. Sort of. <laughs> Indeed, we are talking about selenium. And this comes from the Greek... Now, we're not quite sure how to pronounce this. It could be Selene or it could be Selene. I'm plumping for Selene. I just think it sounds better. <laughs> we'll, we'll just go with that. Sorry okay. if we've got it wrong. There we go. From the Greek Selene, meaning moon. So, we'll explain the moon link in a minute. That's right, because first we need the all-important vital stats, please. Okay, chemical symbol of selenium SE, atomic number 34. That puts it in towards the right-hand side of the periodic table, around about halfway down group 16, and it was discovered in 1817. So, those of you who remember the last episode, which was Scandium, that was named after Scandinavia, and um, this is yet another element actually discovered in Scandinavia, and this time in Sweden, by the great Swedish chemist Jörns Jakob Bazelius. And he also had three other elements, silicon, thorium, and cerium, to his name. Now, he went about discovering this owing to the fact that he actually owned shares in a sulfuric acid factory. And he found some sludge at the bottom of a big old vat in said factory. And he found that it smelled like radishes when it was heated. Radishes? <laughs> This made him think that it must have contained tellurium. Of course, well, it smells like radishes. It must be tellurium. <laughs> and we will be talking about tellurium in a future episode. Suffice it to say, it's a little bit smelly. So he figured out that it was, in fact, a new element similar to tellurium. And that's not exactly surprising because they both live in group 16 of the periodic table. So as tellurium was named for the earth, and that comes from the Latin word tellus, Bazelius named the new element, logically enough, after the moon. Oh, very nice. So <laughs> chemically, what is this lovely lunar-named element? Well, a bit of controversy over this. Some say that selenium is a metalloid, and others say that it's a non-metal. Uh, the dividing line between those two, obviously very, very fine. But regardless of this, selenium is an essential trace element, very important. And adults require between around about 50 to 70 micrograms a day. Microgram, remember, being a millionth of a gram. So not very much, but you do need it. So selenium is, in fact, present in the amino acid selenocysteine, which is essentially the selenium analogue of the sulfur-containing amino acid cysteine. 
So you take out a sulphur and you put in a selenium instead. Yep, exactly. Yes. Uh-huh. Now, we rather famously have soils that are low in selenium, and I think we've covered this similarly in the cobalt episode because we have soils that are low in cobalt as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So New Zealand soils are, in fact, um, deficient in selenium. And um, if we're not careful, we run the risk of getting a thing called Kishan disease. And that's rather nasty. It's a congestive heart disease that was first linked to selenium deficiency in China. What people around the world often eat to uh, get their selenium is, in fact, chicken and beef. And if you go to the USA and eat your chicken and beef, you'll find that they're very, very good sources of selenium. But because we're in New Zealand and our soils are selenium deficient, that makes our chicken and beef not so great in terms of providing us selenium. So what should we then eat in order to get selenium? Well, lots of Brazil nuts. They are good for you. But in fact, you only need one a day and that gives you the recommended amount of selenium. And also, if you eat up large on seafood, so things like snapper or flounder or alfonsino, which uh, the other name for that is red bream, they are all great sources of selenium. There are, of course, other things, but uh, these ones sound particularly yummy. So (laughs) we can guard against this nasty deficiency by eating those sorts of foods. I think kidney and liver are also good sources, but (laughs) yuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And by the way, that was my response, even when I was a hardened meat eater, which I'm definitely (laughs) not now, but... Kidney and liver, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you there. Lamb's fry, ugh, no. Nasty childhood memories. Anyway, um, back to selenium. And this is really interesting because selenium in fish, so this appears as a compound called selenine. And that is a molecule that is related to the amino acid histidine. It's, it's a derivative of that which has got a uh, selenium atom in there. And weirdly, this appears to protect against the toxic effects of mercury, which is really bizarre. You can seemingly eat fish that are high in mercury if you've got lots of uh, selenium in the fish as well, and you don't sort of get mercury poisoning. So people are quite interested in how that works. And also, um, this particular compound might, in fact, reduce the risk of cancer caused by free radicals. Very curious indeed. So that's some biological uses out of the way. What about more chemical uses? Okay, so the element selenium itself uh, has got at least three allotropes, and of these, the most common are a red form and a grey form, and the latter you would call semi-metallic, which is why we couldn't figure out whether it was a metalloid or a non-metal before. So the latter grey form has the unusual property of being an insulator in the dark, but it conducts electricity when it's exposed to light. That's weird. <laughs> so remember those annoying things we used to go into shops and they go buzz when you you know cross the line or whatever, these electric eye things? Yeah, yeah. Remember those? Yeah. So they contain selenium and, um, in fact, very, very extensively used in photocopiers way back in the 70s and 80s because of its photoactivity. But uh, it's not used so much now. It's largely been superseded by organic molecules that uh, act as photoconductors. However, selenium in its turn, has helped lead to be superseded in plumbing materials by copper alloys containing bismuth, which is its periodic neighbour, in combination with selenium. So that's a good thing, getting lead out of the uh, plumbing environment, I guess. <laughs> mm. So apart from fish fillets and bathroom fittings, <laughs> are there any other places I'm likely to come across selenium? 
Well, uh, maybe at your dinner table, so glassware on your dinner table possibly, or even in an art gallery. So, in fact, the largest use of selenium is in glass making. So you can either get a beautiful red colour from the presence of selenium in your glass, or you can use selenium to actually decolorize the green-yellow coloration that you get in glass from the presence of iron. Well, well. Here endeth yet another colourful episode of Elemental. (laughs) I'll be heading to the kitchen after this for a Brazil nut snack. And if you'd like to hear the other episodes that have referenced said Brazil nut, you'll find them all at rnz.co.nz slash chemistry. And you can also find all the other episodes that reference coloured glass on your favourite podcast app. So we are back next time with Silicon. But until then, it's cheerio from me, Alan Blackman. And me, Alison Balance. Kia pai tora. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.